So tonight we want to talk about covenant, the covenant that God has made through us through the life of his son and how in that covenant, everything that heaven has to offer is provided for you. Amen. Provided for you based on God's promise. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's give you the definition of covenant. A covenant is a formal, solemn, and binding agreement which brings about a relationship of commitment. Somebody. Commitment between God and his people. A covenant is an agreement of promise involving an obligation that cannot be broken. And the Bible tells us that God's covenant is a legal binding agreement that is irrevocable. Somebody in the house. It cannot be altered. And it's unbreakable. In other words, his covenant promises to us are permanent. As the Bible says to God, they are yes and amen. Amen. So what is, what is covenant in the Bible? It is, in a literal sense, it's a covenant that means a binding agreement. Watch this. Hear this. A legal contract. It is a seal between two or more parties. And in a biblical sense, the word covenant derives from the same root, which means to cut. Come on, to cut. This means that in the culture of the Bible, covenant carried weight and was often cut or sealed in blood. And so we won't go into all this teaching, but uh, what we've been taught and what we read is that in the tribals, in the tribes of, of men, uh, women, and, and, and nations, uh, they didn't have all the government procedures that they, we have now. And so what they would do, they would make a covenant with each other. They would cut their flesh, and they would hold, and they would combine their blood together. And that was a sealed covenant. That was a promise that they made to each other, that whatever belonged to one then belonged to the other. How many of you know? Come on. How many you know through the cut? On the flesh of Jesus and the blood that he shed, he's made a covenant, a promise that no man can change. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Covenant made with the shedding of blood through the life of Jesus Christ, the cutting of his flesh, a door. It became, God gave this to us today. This cutting of his flesh is a door or a gateway, a portal, an entrance for salvation and for our redemption is somebody in the house. Amen? God had a, he made a gateway through the life of his son by cutting his flesh, giving us access to eternal salvation and the redemption of our souls. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God for covenants. <laughs> That's all I can say. How many of you have read scripture about covenants? Okay, that's very good. And every time you read the scripture, are you like me? You get more depth of what that scripture is. Do you get more depth every time you read it? So covenants are not just a one-time only experience. Because covenants are experiences that we have with God. And so God had experiences in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But what is the importance of covenants? They're all over the word of God, added in the Old Testament. He talks about how important it was that Jesus Christ came to fulfill the covenant, 
right? Okay? So there's got to be some tremendous depth to covenants. That's what we're here today to do. So because the covenants provide the skeletal framework for how the whole Bible story holds together, that's how important it is because it's from the beginning to the end. Anything that, that starts at the beginning and goes through the word, you have to take note of it right away. You have to say, whoa, hey, there's something going on here. Okay? That's how I read my Bible. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's how I read my Bible. As a story of the Bible unfolds, we see God is a covenant making. You see him make covenants. Covenant keeping, you see him keeping his covenants. And the covenant fulfilling, I'm having some problems with my mic, so hold, hold with me. Um, brother's coming up right now. God establishes covenants with certain people. And these covenants are the way God is the way God unfolds a redemptive plan. Covenants are crucial to our walk. They're crucial to our walk because our walk started with redemption. It is a redemptive force in the covenants. So this is why we're here today, not to talk just about what the word has to say, but the application of covenants. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. So when I worked in the secular world, I had a job in government. I worked in attorney's offices. I worked with the management, city manager's office, and everything that we operated on were laws. We all know about laws, right? Okay, covenants were given sometimes with the law attached to it, told people what to do, how to behave, what not to do, okay? So you see the application. Covenants haven't gone away. They've been named something different. They're called agreements now. We go into contract agreements with each other. In and the, the word of God, like Apostle Michael is talking about, they would give their word and then they would make it part of their DNA with their blood. But nowadays, people don't have that knowledge anymore, nor do they have the belief anymore, right? So now we have to go into litigious society that holding our contracts and our agreements in force. Mm. Aren't you glad we're not part of that? Aren't you glad we've been redeemed Jesus. because of the covenants that he, he made, he enforced, and he brought to fulfillment? And that is what we're doing today. And, you know, I was going to say that when Apostle Michael and I were talking about what we're going to do today, I'm going to go way back here. I'm going to go way back to when I was a child. And when I was a little girl, you know, I heard about the Bible, the stories of the Bible, going to Sunday school. And the, what do you think is the first one that I remember the most? It was Noah. Because children don't understand when the winds are blowing, the rain is falling, and it seems like it's never going to end because it used to be like that in California, that you become fearful because you read in the Bible that there was a flood. That's how us children think. But you know, when I started understanding about covenants, it started back then. Because I would look at that storm, and I would see, no, God is not going to flood this earth because he said he would not. He said he wouldn't do that. 
But we forget what we've come to know as a child because now we're adults, right? And we question, well, you know, God, I know you did that before, but what are you going to do now? And he's looking, and he's up there in heaven going, I already told you what I'm going to do now. Jesus. I've already said it. Jesus. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we have to hold on to the covenants and know that those covenants are ours. Those are agreements. And we're going to talk in depth about that because the body of Christ, because that's what we're talking about here. You know, sister, I love you. I care for you. But we're talking about the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs to strengthen in its covenant knowledge of what God has done for us. We're waiting for a new thing to happen. Hey, it already happened. We don't need a revival to tell us what we already have. What we need is an experience of a revival. I want to feel a revival. And I don't need to go someplace to go get it. When you get up in the morning, you should be able to enter into a revival with the covenant of your redemption, of your salvation. Because there was a heavy price paid for it that day. Oh, I hear when we wake up, oh, I read my devotional, and I pray and everything, and I, I love all that. God loves all that because it's for you. It's to edify you. But we're talking about the body of Christ. And if we're all doing that, then why is the body of Christ in such a condition of what it's in right now? It doesn't know if it's left, and it doesn't know if it's right. It says yes to this, and it says no to that. It's so divided that we have stopped standing together. Doesn't the word tell us that a house divided cannot stand? How does a body divided stand? See, God's bringing his time for us on this earth because he says, look, I've done it all. I told you what I've done. I even made an agreement for it through my covenant with my people. That has never changed. Did I ever say that I would change it? No, I've come to fulfill it. There's a difference. There's a difference in fulfillment. He didn't change it. He fulfilled it. And if you don't understand that he's fulfilled covenant with his people, the body of Christ, then you need to go back to Genesis. Because it starts there. Amen? Matthew 18, 19. The power agreement. Again, I say to you that if two believers, I see more than two believers here. I see more than two believers here. Hallelujah. We got the power. We got the might. Woo. On earth agree. Now, he didn't say that you had to be at a word-giving, a power-filled conference, or you didn't have to be in church to do this. Did he say? He goes, he didn't say that. He says, on earth we have this idea in our head that it requires institutionalization of our body of Christ, that it comes out of a building. No, the body of Christ is all around. You are the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. Let's come into agreement with one another. We don't have to wait what's being said from a pulpit because God said it already. And if you don't know what God said, then we're talking that you need to get hold of the covenants of God and know what he said that he would do. You're waiting for God to do something. He already did it. Go find out. Hallelujah. That is our one mind in harmony about anything that you ask. 
I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Woo! There is, this is a promise declared, founded on covenant, a legal binding agreement that is irrevocable, unbreakable. Okay, what is it? It's what? Irrevocable. Come on. That's right. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Hallelujah. They cannot be unaltered. That's right. Get that in your spirit. There are several covenants of the Bible, but five covenants are crucial for understanding the story of the Bible in God's redemptive plan. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to cover them. This isn't a Bible study, but I need you to see where God started. I need you to see where he took it. I want, I want you to see where you are in it. Do you know your covenant people? <laughs> wow. Okay, let's do that again. Do you know your covenant people? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Let's get excited about that. Let's get excited about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, Mel Gibson made a movie. Hey, everyone remember the movie? The Passion of Christ. I heard so many, I heard so many Christians go to that. It was so powerful. Do you know I, that movie I couldn't watch? I finally watched it years later. But every time I read in the scriptures... What happened to him for me, there's no movie that could touch me like that experience. And so this is where we're needing to go. We need to have these experiences where we are, not waiting for someone to bring it to us. Because there's going to be a day, yes, it's been prophesied. It's been said in the word of God. There's going to be a day when the body of Christ is no longer going to be able to come into communion with one another here on this earth. We are going to have to be able to come into communion up in the heavens. And if you don't know how to get your, your Holy Ghost self up to heaven, because it is not something that is not available to you, then you're going to miss out. You're going to struggle there is no struggle. There is nothing to fear because God is going to have it all together. He's going to know what you need before you even ask it. He's going to tell you how to prepare before you even know it's coming. This is what we're talking about, covenant. This is covenant. Hey, man, hallelujah. So the Bible Woo. tells us that when we, come into a, when we come into pray, we come into agreement with God. And we come to agreement of all the covenant promises that are given to us. And with this, I, it, this was really hard to, not, not hard, it was, we had to be careful when we were stepping into this. But we always refer back to the word of God in Luke twenty-two twenty-four. This is what Jesus' promise. And this is what we see in the life of Jesus. He was in covenant with the Father. And he knew anything that he would ask the father to do, the father would do it for him because that was the promise. They had an agreement. They were in alignment with one another with prayer. Jesus praying with the father, the father praying with Jesus, the Holy Spirit praying with the father, the Holy Spirit with Jesus, all three of them in prayer together based in covenant promise, knowing that if they would ask one another, whatever would be done, it would be done. It would come to fruition. Amen. The Bible says, and this is the Amplified Version, saying, oh, let me back up here. 
in Luke 22, 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done. And the Amplified is this, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me. Yet not my will, but always your will be done. And so we come to understand not only uh, in this concept of covenant promise that God makes, uh, makes, uh, makes for us through the life of his son. There's a, an application that when the covenant is given, you've got to step out into the covenant. You've got to act upon the covenant and the promise that's there. And once a covenant is made, it is put into practice or into action. And the Bible says Jesus aligns himself with the covenant he made with the Father in glory to become the sacrificial lamb for the salvation of humanity. In this concept of covenant, this legal binding agreement, Jesus is now on the earth, and he comes to ratify, to bring to fruition the ability to anyone who will call upon his name to become saved, receive eternal salvation, and as a result of that, the Bible says that redemptive quality of covenant now erases every sin, past, present, and future. So we can step into this, this practice of what covenant means. Now, you know, we were, we're doing a little bit more, more uh, work on this. Oh, this is your turn. Oh, sorry. I was getting hit. But praise the Lord. Um, so we were talking about this, and we come to understand, and this is one of the questions that comes forth is that, Brother Michael, I, I, I know the covenant of God. I've been praying. I've been believing the promises of God. Why, why does sickness come? Why does uh, um, uh, infirmities come? Why do disease come? We can't go into that tonight, right now. But the concept here is that in this covenant promise, if we truly believe promises, if we believe based on this covenant that God has given us the life of the Son, why are we afflicted? Come on. Why does sickness come upon us? Why do diseases find its habitation in our bodies? Amen? There's something wrong. And I believe the error is not in the word of God, certainly, but it is in the error of us understanding and then taking position to make a proclamation over somebody who is afflicted or if your body becomes afflicted. But when you come to understand, this is God's promise that if we pray, come on, if we pray, if we actively pray according to the word of God, God will move. Even in his prayer to the Father, uh, Jesus was is his final hour. He's ready to go to the cross. He says, Dad, this is too much. If it be your will, take it away from me. But nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And we see the fulfillment of this accomplishment based on covenant promise, that as Jesus would give up his life on this earth and become the sacrificial lamb, there is a guarantee in that promise that whosoever, let me try this side, that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Amen. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new covenant, Jesus Christ. Oh, bah, 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 In Jeremiah 31, 31, we're, we're not going to bring up that scripture yet, brother. I'll, I'll let you know. But I want you to write these scriptures down if you have a pen and paper or go back and listen to this. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, and Luke 22, 
verses 14 to 23. I'm not going to read them today, but I, wanna, I want you to take them and I want you to read them. I want you to chew on them. I want you to get the revelation of them. Amen? Because Jeremiah was a prophet of God, a mighty prophet of God. And he cried for the people of Israel to come back to their promised land. Well, you know what? I think God's crying for us right now, too, to come back to his promised land. We've been far, far flung and far away from one another. It's time to come home. And so this language first used in Jeremiah's promise of rescue and renewal of the exiled people in of God in Babylon, it promises a coming day when God would make a new covenant unlike the one which Israel had broken. We're living in what was promised in the Old, in the old Testament. We're living it. Think about that. Jeremiah didn't know what he was talking about. He was talking about us. And he was glad to hear of what we would have because of the covenant working God. I mean, if Jeremiah was here right now, come on, let's wrap our mind around it. Let's say a prophet of God, Jeremiah, comes in, and he, he comes from heaven to earth at this moment and says, you are the promise of what God gave me. You are the promise of what God gave me. That's powerful. That's powerful. Hmm. Covenants, as I said, they provide the skeletal framework and context for practically every page of the Bible. They are fundamental to understanding the Bible rightly. The Old Testament covenants mm, establish promises that look forward to fulfillment. <laughs> Much of the New Testament is concerned to show how Jesus Christ fulfills these covenant promises and what life should be, look like for a people living in the new covenant inaugurated by his death and resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when you hear that, it isn't about us praying for ourselves anymore. I'm talking from experience. When you're going through those dark times and your body is suffering, when the doctors are giving you a report that is changing your life forever or telling you when your life will end, that's when the covenants come into action. Jesus. You see, you can go look for the best doctor. You can go look for the best medication. You can go look and find whatever you want here on earth, but that is not where your answer is. It's letting go of who you are or who you think you are and letting him use you as he made you. He gets a hold of the Christ in you, and that Christ in you gets strong. It becomes an Olympian. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And before you know it, you're laughing at the devil because now you understand he is a liar. <laughs> I'm not going to die. I will live. I will live because God has ordained it. And if God has not ordained my life, I'm going to celebrate him for everything he did before this day. You see, we need to celebrate God in all seasons. It's so easy to thank God when we got an answer to our prayer. I've heard people thank God when they got a free meal. 
come on. Start thanking him for what he did in that Old Testament covenant because we would not be able to enjoy what we have now. So our prayers are not about us. He has called us to pray for the body of Christ. That's our prayer. You see, we're waiting for someone to bring the body together, but that's not going to do it. Because God already did it 2,000 years ago. And he's saying, I'm doing it again. How many times have we heard that? I'm doing it again. Every service I've ever gone to, every prophetic ministry I've ever been to, he's doing it again. And because he's doing it again, he's doing it in us. He's doing it in us. So when those hard times come, just go back to those covenants because you're standing on that and all will be well. There's times that we have to go into warfare, spiritual warfare, and God will let you know when that is. That's a whole different prayer life when you go into spiritual warfare. But the enemy, when he comes with those fiery darts, that's when those covenants come into action. And you just say, you know, Satan, you can't touch me. I'm a covenant-bearing child. I, I stand on the promises, and the promises say, you can't touch me because God has paid the price for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By sending his son. Amen. Mm. Right, honey? Yes, amen. <laughs> is it me? I'm yeah, up. Okay. We can talk. What does God give you about that? Yeah. In, in this, this concept, and I know it's so broad and so, so wide, the range is great. And I, we sound like a parrot here tonight about covenant, covenant. But when we study the Bible and, and we read the Bible to understand this guaranteed promise is to everything. To us as sons and daughters, it's everything to our lives. A covenant promise for financial uh, wealth. Come on, a sound mind in Christ. A covenant promise to make provisions in every way. A covenant promise to open up doors of opportunity. Covenant promise for the saving of our loved ones. It's all inclusive. Everything that we need is based on this covenant promise of God's word in our lives. Amen? Amen. And, and what we got here is a notice that covenant promise must follow covenant practice. See, we've got to follow the, the commandments of God's word. We've got to follow what he says. When you follow these commands, when you do these things, then I'm obligated, based on this covenant, based on this written agreement that I've made through the life of my son, it is a guarantee you'll get what you ask for. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. You'll get what you ask for. And we're not going to go into this, this whole uh, presentation. Too. We'll, maybe we'll do a study or teaching on it down the road here, maybe 2023. But this concept of Brother Michael uh, I prayed and why aren't my aunt prayers being answered? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that because it covers so many areas in our lives. Many times prayers will be answered, right? And then sometimes they're not. What, what's the discrepancy there? I don't have a full answer for you. I'm still seek, seeking uh, God's heart on this. But I do know, this one thing I do know, in covenant, in this agreement between our Father and glory in us, we have the ability to obtain everything. Amen. Obtain everything that heaven has to offer us. Yes. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I think um, an application of covenant and understanding, you know, we call it different things, knowing our identity, knowing who we are in Christ. Uh, those are covenant issues also. The covenant, when it was written for the children of Israel, for God's people, they knew exactly it was written for them. And so they, didn't, they did not question their identity because they were Jewish. You got me? Okay. Well, guess what? guess what your identity is no longer what you think it is in the natural of this world you are of the blood of the lamb you are your dna has been changed all the way through i'm telling you as a minister of the word of god it it really uh, i'm going to talk truth here it frustrates me to know that God's children are still suffering with identity issues of who they are in Jesus Christ. And I know it's what Apostle Michael was saying, it's the battle of the mind. Because the enemy can't touch your, G your DNA. He can't change your DNA. And by the way, nothing on this earth can change your DNA when it belongs to Jesus Christ. Okay? So get over it. And I mean, it's really that simple. You know, we, I can take you into a, um, you know, into a healing room and I can, I can pray over you and everything. And those are all good things when you have that trauma in your life and you need someone to guide you out of that darkness. God sends his anointed to do that. But some of us here, we're not of that. We're just in this idea like, I don't know the voice of the Lord and yet it's been prophesied that you're supposed to be... a ministering the word of God. Well, you don't want to. I'm, be <laughs> I'm being truthful because I felt the same way. I didn't want to because there's a price that we thought we had to pay. But you know what? No one ever talks about the reward. No one ever talks about the reward. The reward I have is joy, peace, a sound mind, a body that is healed, a, a ministry that works to the works of the Lord, where I'm able to put my ego down so that my spirit man can rise. Those are my rewards. Let's start stepping into those rewards, not the monetary of this world, but the rewards that God has when you serve him wholeheartedly. What he brings to you, you cannot buy it. What he brings to you, you cannot win it. And what he brings to you, you cannot dig for it. You can't work for it. It is something he brings to you that you just have to take it. It's that simple. Amen. 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 The the direction to in this brief explanation, the covenant, it comes back down to the very basic needs of reading the Bible. Now, we can come behind, we can come up here, we get behind the pulpit, and we can just read scripture and scripture and scripture. And the word of God, please listen to uh, Apostle Michael. The word of God is good, and, and we've got to read. But if we're reading the Bible and we're not getting revelation yeah. out of what's written, We've got to change our method of operation. We've got to change our method of reading. Amen? Sometimes, uh, you know, way back, I would just read and read and read the scriptures. And, okay, I read the Bible. But then the Spirit of God got a hold of me. And this is part of what covenant practice is. That as you read the Bible, as you study, you inquire of God, you ask God 
for revelation, uh, what's in it, as the Bible says, the mysteries of his word. Amen. God will begin to reveal to you Amen. depth, within depth, what is in those scriptures. Amen. And it's more than it's more than what's just written on the surface. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, go ahead, sweetie. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about scripture, but I'm going to break down the scripture like Apostle Michael's talking about when we give revelation of the scripture, Jeremiah 31, 31. Okay. So let's, if you have your Bible with you, if you have your phone, let's go ahead. He has, and it's on the screen. Oh, there you go. Sorry. It's on the screen. I tell him yes. And I go, everyone get your Bible up. Um, so behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. He's talking, we talked about, he's talking about Christ. In Jeremiah 31, 31, he's talking about what Jesus Christ is going to do. Okay? Hallelujah. And, he's, and it says, in the house of Judah, not like the covenant. Now listen, now you got to read this one. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, although I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them. God has put everything inside of you. Nothing can take it. No robber, no thief can steal it from you. No one can do anything because it's inside of you. Jesus came to, re to respond to what God spoke as a covenant to Jeremiah for the people of Israel because Jeremiah loved the people of Israel. He loved them as God loved them. Do we love the people of the body of Christ? I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. Just don't get on any social platforms. But seriously, we need to love one another. And that's what... Jeremiah did. He didn't decide who was who. He says, these are God's people. I love God's Jesus, people. Jesus. Amen? Jesus. And he says they broke it. See, we don't have a broken covenant. They did it, but God says, I made it new. Hallelujah. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hallelujah. But this is a covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. When Jesus Christ did what he did, he took the whole innards of you, threw it out, and he put all of his stuff in here. Oh I God. have the heart of oh Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God, yes. oh God. I have the mind of Christ. Oh it's like he took me, he got one of those pumpkins, you know, when you're getting it ready to, to draw a picture on it, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about. And he, God took us. And he just hollowed us out from all of the stuff that broke the old covenant, because that's what broke it, the old man, and he took it out, and Jesus Christ came in with his heart, his mind. Hallelujah. You're operating, if you're not operating out of the mind of Christ and the heart of the Father, you are operating out of something that's dead, and it doesn't bring any life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And each man will no longer teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will know me. They will know me. Oh, my God. We talk about intimacy. Intimacy. 
Do you know what intimacy looks like? It's not going to look like mine. It's not going to look like Megan's. Your intimacy with the Father is your relationship with God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how individualistic our walk is. You're looking for someone sometimes to come along and just get us out of our mess. Just come and do it for me. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Someone else do it for me. But that is not what God wants because he has something so special just for you. Just for you. He is a great, great God. Do you think he's a cookie-cutter God? He's a, he has us on assembly line, pocketing out hearts, saying, okay, this is the heart I want you all to have. <laughs> no, because he puts a heart in us to meet the needs of who, what he's called us to complete. That's why intimacy is so important. No marriage is the same. I'm going to be honest with those of us who, who hope to get married. It's never the same. <laughs> Because it's based on intimacy. And intimacy is something that we strive for, we work for. When we have intimacy in a marriage, it's something we have to work at. We can't get lazy about it. It takes a lot because the old self has to die. The ego has to bow down. Hallelujah. And so God wants us in his, and to be in that place with him, to know him. From the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, are called to know him, says the Lord. For I will give their wickedness, I will forgive their wickedness, and I will no longer remember their sin. Hallelujah. So Jeremiah 31, 31, this was the foretelling of you. This is the covenant that God had for you, and he fulfilled it. And so when you don't stand on your covenant promises, you're saying everything that was done before wasn't enough. But God is saying it was more than enough to meet the needs that you have. Don't look. I have to do. Sister, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't look at what the world is telling you of how your ministry has to be run. Don't look to them and ask them, when are you going to release the funds for me to move? Because God has the message. God has the reward. God has the finances. God has the favor of God. See, if man could come in and do what God can do, man will take credit for it, but it'll be for a little time. But when God does it, it's from then on. And you see his hand move. And when you come into those places, you go, hey, Say, I know my father. I know the covenant he made with me. I'm stepping into where he has led me, and I'm going to go there. Everyone is telling me I shouldn't go there, but God says I should go there. That's what God has for you, sweetheart. That's what God has. Amen. Amen. So can we go to the screen and pull up Mark 2422? And... And so uh, we're going to read this in, in just a minute. And as we were speaking earlier in this session, God wants us to understand this, this covenant concept. And one of the incredible things in this covenant concept is Jesus established through a better covenant an opportunity for us 
to be intimate with the Father. Come on, that's, that's, that's covenant. That's based on a covenant promise. And we see this in the description before Jesus is crucified. In Mark 14, 22, this is the last the Lord's Supper. And the Bible describes it this way. And you'll see, as we read this, see how, how uh, covenant practice is put into the scripture. It says, while they were eating, the disciples, Jesus took bread and blessed it, giving thanks and praise. And he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, watch this, take, take it, this is my body. And when he had taken the cup of wine and given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the, come on, saints, of the new covenant, my blood, which is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. And as you break this down, when God was saying for many, he was talking about humanity, his blood shed for humanity. Now, get a, as uh, Paul Sebaum was talking about this, get a hold of this. Humanity, when? From the beginning of Genesis 1-1, is somebody in the house? To Revelations 22-21. Every human being that was born for the remission of their sin, God, Jesus, shed his blood. And so you see in this new covenant promise what God did. Uh, they had the last supper there. Um, they completed their work. We know the story. The, uh, the accusers came to Jesus, uh, brought him to Ponce Pilate and all the story. And he is now, let's jump way ahead in this. He's now on the cross. His body stretched across. His hands and feet pierced. He's wearing a crown of thorns on his head. Here we see, oh oh God, somebody. Here we see God's covenant promise nailed to the cross. The life of his son. Amen. And in this demonstration, we see the unconditional, unrestricted love, agape, of the Father towards humanity. In this display, amen, this this concept of covenant, Jesus now displayed, becomes the Father's representative on the earth. And he's telling, he's telling humanity, I'm here on your behalf based on the covenant, the promise that the Father made to me and I made with him. If I fulfill this assignment you've given me and I give up my life, I shed my blood, you will redeem humanity. You will save humanity. And so the fulfillment is before our eyes in this demonstration of this unconditional love. Amen? This, saints, get a hold of this. This is covenant. This is promises of God. These belong to us as his sons and daughters. And the only time that I believe we were not able to take a hold of of everything that uh, God gives us through this covenant promise is because we lack in acquiring it. As Apostle Yvonne says, it's already been given. It's already been done. We're stepping into this year of 2023. And I'll, I, just before I get on, I, I, I want to give this to you. Because this is where covenant promise and covenant practice comes into play. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is downloading this. Hallelujah. So, you know, we come here and we lay hands and we pray upon individuals and we believe by God, you know, for, for miracles. And we're not going to stop doing that. We're believing God for healings. We're not going to stop doing that. We're going to believe God for provisions. We're not going to stop doing that. We're going to believe God for deliverance. We're not going to stop doing that. 
but we were here on a Monday night, and I believe it was before COVID. Am I moving around too much? Okay, cool. Because I'm not going to stop. <laughs> so be, it was before covenant. We were over here and we were praying. And we were praying for healing in the lives of individuals. And we were praying for organs that God would heal the organs. And, so, and the spirit of God stopped Apostle Michael right in the midst of that prayer. He says, stop praying for the healing of the organs. Come on. This is covenant promise. Begin praying for new organs. Step into this opportunity now. Based on covenant, step into this now. Begin praying for new organs. And God reminded me of the vision that he gave us, a word of knowledge came, that in glory, in glory, in heaven, not in the heavenlies, in heaven, there is a warehouse. There is a warehouse. And on the walls in the warehouse, we saw limbs. We saw hearts. We saw lungs. We saw gallbladder. We saw organs. And God says, stop praying for the healing of these existing organs. Pray from my throne room of God. Pray into the earth. These things that are sitting, they're there. They're there for us to take possession of. And I know this is going to go crazy on, the, on live stream, and I don't care. I'm telling you what we know. That we come to this place to truly understand covenant, the promise, the agreement of God's word for our lives. When things start to malfunction, our body said, okay, it served its purpose. Get out and bring a new one in. Come on. Come on. Get out and bring a new one in. And not that we will not have to experience this. And, and my heart, listen to me tonight. My heart goes out. People who become subject as an amputee through diabetes or any other, uh, any other situation, we would never want to have to experience that. But I understand what God's word says. That in, when we step into this and we believe, based, believe God based on his covenant promise word, yes. when somebody comes across who has uh, one lung and needs another lung, if we pray based on covenant promise, God will replace that lung. Somebody who has had a kidney removed. You pray and ask God to replace that kidney. God will do it. God will do it. Based on covenant promise. So we step up to the place. Well, if that's true, what do we got to do? Simply believe. Jesus said, simply believe. He's told his disciples, simply believe. For these things that manifest. And as you simply believe, they will come to pass. So as Apostle Yvonne was saying, we got to get all this junk out of us. That pumpkin thing. We got to get all that junk out of us. Come on, all that extra stuff that doesn't belong there. And when we get rid of that junk, get out, it makes room for the Holy Spirit to come in and fill. Fill. Karabasutoria. Fill us. With such a strong, strong uh, belief to believe God by faith. The supernatural gift of faith. That what is based on his covenant, not man's covenant. Come on. Based on his covenant, God will fulfill every need according to his word, to which he says are yes and amen. Can I get a witness in this house? Amen. Hallelujah.